Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happity, happity, happity. <laughs> Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday to you. That's right. Sounds like a minor chord, doesn't it? Yeah, happy Tuesday, America. So, and beyond. Uh, yesterday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a national holiday in the United States of America. Uh, my godmother and the woman who presided over my daughter's wedding just last year, Dr. Alveda King, uh, you know, is someone that I confer with on the regular about all things race relations, God, religion, faith, hope, justice, you know, all of that. She's amazing, and, and she's my go-to for all things, you know, uh, King family, King legacy. And, and I'll tell you why, because she, she's never, she's never, while she has been at the right hand of President Trump for the past five years, she's never completely come out and really avowed herself with one party or another. Uh, but it's very obvious by virtue of her stance on life, right? And life for all. Uh, in her, in her affinity for the Lord and all things truth that she does err on the side of conservatism, right? Uh, you won't really catch her endorsing candidates, if you will, but, but, you know, she has been an advisor to the president, uh, President Donald Trump, uh, particularly as it relates to the First Step Act. Uh, she, uh, she played a formidable role in that uh, with regard to advisement and uh, in the effects of, you know, of uh, incarceration rates on the black family, on the black culture. So, so Alveda is my sister in the Lord. She is uh, my mother in the Lord. She's like a spiritual mom. She's like a spiritual sister and like a spiritual grandmama to my daughter and uh, her husband and my grandbaby to be. So she's, she's amazing. So anytime I think about MLK day, I think of Alveda, uh, because to me, she is the closest thing to Dr. King's legacy, um, in terms of ideas, ideology, um, you know, narratives, uh, heart, soul, uh, bridging, right. Bringing people together. That is Alveda. And that was certainly her uncle. Who was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And so, you know, I would say I thought it was interesting kind of the liberties that people were taking yesterday uh, with regard to Dr. King and where would he be on vaccines? You know, we like to bring up the dead to bring them into modern day issues. And, you know, it, 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 and ultimately it's, uh, it's pure speculation uh, you know, predicated on someone's leanings, you know, while they were alive. And, and I will say this, when you have Billy Graham, uh, talking about Jesus would take the vaccine, I think that should lead you to believe that, you know, society is further down the holy crap toilet than we would ever like to admit. Because if you have a 
leader of that magnitude telling people that Jesus would take the vaccine because he loves his neighbor, uh, notwithstanding the actual word, which says that God sent his only begotten son uh, to heal all diseases and to forgive us of all of sins. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what's left. Right? I mean, as the church is beating the bushes for false prophets and false Jesuses and false Christs and, you know, all of this mess that the church has been in for thousands of years this is nothing new. Uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me um, that 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 we would follow the voices of today down a path of destruction, right? Why? Because we've idolized man. So I appreciate the fact that Alveda is never someone that you will find idolizing at the feet of, or at the foot of man. It just won't happen. So she's a brilliant, bright light, uh, pro-life pro-unity, pro-building bridges, right? A very smart woman of of things, uh, not only of a spiritual magnitude, uh, but of a uh, political, socio-political magnitude. So speaking of, uh, you know, I I said yesterday with regard to Dr. King's day that, um, you know, there were several people who were like, oh, what what would Dr. King say about the vaccines? And I'm like, well, honestly, you know, who cares? Right? Like, who cares? We, today is, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof, right? And so, and that, thus saith the Lord. So, today, and and what Jesus meant by that is, you know what? Today's got enough evil stuff in it. And so, why would we look back, right? Today is the day that has enough evil in it, you know, that tomorrow will bring unto itself enough evil. And so I always uh, think to myself, hmm, you know, given Dr. Uh, King's proclivities, you know, uh, in, in bends, if you will, you know, toward everything from spirituality to uh, socioeconomic issues, I think to myself, hmm, I don't know where I would be on the vaccine, to be honest with you. And I'll be even more honest with you. I don't care. Because Dr. King is hopefully with the Lord right now, and we're not, right? And so we have a very real existence to contend with that does not include Dr. King, not to exclude his voice from the issues of today. But I'm saying for people who would like to look back and be stuck there, uh, to hang, you know, to die on that hill of what would Dr. King do? Well, who cares? What would Jesus do? Right? And no, uh, Mr. Graham, Jesus would not take the vaccine because he is the vaccine. Jesus would simply speak to the bioweapon of COVID and it would be gone. To the extent that someone had the faith for it to be eradicated. So, all of that is very scriptural. It's not a bunch of brouhaha. You know, it is what it is. So, so Dr. King Day was interesting, but I, I want to back up to a little bit to the Supreme Court's ruling. Uh, you know, I, I held a space right after that ruling was uh, announced. I had some of the top doctors in the country who, you know, are, are taking care of, of patients, COVID patients who have seen a lot of death, a lot of life, a lot, a lot of survivability. They've been in my spaces and in other spaces uh, over the past month or so 
They're very candid. They're willing to risk their medical licenses, their reputation, you name it, their safety and their freedom in order to speak truth to what they're seeing, which is primarily that the vaccines are not, quote, working and that monoclonals are being withheld by your government. And if that's not illegal, it should be. So we held a space directly after the Supreme Court's ruling, and while 86 million-plus American workers were very excited uh, that they were excluded from, uh, you know, Herr Commandant uh, Biden's regime's, uh, you know, mandate that attempted to use OSHA to, you know, they lied about it and they wanted to use OSHA to swear to it, Um, The Supreme Court of the United States said, yeah, I don't think so, primarily because here you are for the first time in history saying that what we mandate in the workplace now crosses the blood-brain barrier of work and home, right? And the Supreme Court said, nah, (laughs) nope, does not even remotely apply uh, with a statute brought forth by the uh, Legislature of Congress of the United States of America in 1970. Nope, nope, nope. You do not get to uh, proclaim that we have precedent set by virtue of a statute that was set that was really more in alignment with the Spanish flu than it was COVID-19. That's how old it is, right? So we could all cheer for that, hip, hip, hooray, but whenever it came to our healthcare workers, their outcome was slightly different. And it leaves them very vulnerable to, uh, you know, workplace mandates, you know, really just uh, a host of things that the rest of us have been and thought we would continue to be subjected to. Although the Biden administration is saying, hey, you know, screw what the Supreme Court said. If you're a business with 100 plus uh, employees, you need to do what we said to do, right? And I thought it was awesome that GE was like one of the major corporations to come out and say, yeah, screw you. We're going to do it our way there, Uncle Joe, and uh, we're going to do away with all of it. So we're going to adhere to the Supreme Court's United States ruling and do away with all mandates of vaccines, of masks, of all of it. We're out. I thought that was a very bold and concise move, and I appreciated it. So in this day and age of everything is mush and beige and gray, uh, it helps to find people who will create a very fine line in the sand, a very stark line, right? People who have resolve, people who will not be bullied by the DOD, DHS, you know, the DOJ, none of it from regime to regime. Uh, no, that's people who have a compass of truth and of God through his word, right? Those are the people in society who become impervious. And right now, you know, I'm going to encourage you to become that person who's impervious. Impervious to lies, right? Whether it's about COVID, it's about the marketplace, about your neighbor, about Republicans, Democrats, that you become impervious. You do not, that you have so much of a biofilm around your being in the way of, you know, a holy biofilm that nothing that attempts to penetrate you will actually amount to anything. That is my prayer for you. That is my admonition to you uh, today. 
because I could go into details of how crappy Dan Crenshaw's, you know, rounds are becoming uh, in the political market space. Um, yeah, I could talk about that. What a rhino people are assigning, you know, a rhino value people are assigning to him. I could talk about, you know, widows being shamed after their uh, physician husbands have just been taken out by COVID by clandestine, you know, little pseudonym, um, you know, uh, Twitter accounts, just sick, 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 sick stuff, right, that, that I believe is being perpetuated by people who understand the value of division. I could go into all of that and I will just say you can go to my Twitter feed and find it and, you know, make it your life's purpose. I'm just kidding. Make it about your business to expose whoever this person is that is shaming and guilting and, you know, and uh, casting people out who have died from COVID who were not necessarily pro-vaccination, not because they're anti-vaxxers overall, but because they see the repercussions of this, quote, vaccine, which ultimately is in a trial period as it pertains to vaccines, uh, technically speaking. And so these guys have taken to the airwaves in the form of a pseudonym and shamed and guilted and gutted uh, by via of words uh, to their audiences, uh, you know, regarding death of COVID-19. It is dastardly disgusting. It is, you know, vile it's contemptuous. It's all of it. It's all of it. So I would encourage you to attempt to explore who this person is and shine the light on this cockroach, um, you know, and, and, and take it from there. I hold on. I'm gonna try to find this person's, um, this person's handle on Twitter is, is kind of interesting. And uh, again, it is a pseudonym and this person goes by, Sorry, anti-vaxxer. So it's at sorry, anti-vaxxer. Really hating on Dr. Ramos's widow. Dr. Ramos was not an anti-vaxxer. Dr. Ramos was anti what is happening uh, to the country in the way of mandates. Ultimately was treated with, um, uh, I believe, what's been alleged to, to have killed a lot of people at this point was the remdesivir. Uh, and it's treatment that ultimately shuts down your uh, renal function, right? Um, Along, especially if you're on, uh, if you're on life support, right? If you've been intubated. And so uh, as it stands, it appears as though Dr. Uh, Abilio Ramos, MD, 62 years old of Moorpark, California, uh, family practitioner, he died, um, you know, in conjunction with his COVID-19 issues, possibly comorbidities. I don't know. But at any rate, this little asshat who comes from sorry anti-vaxxer is someone that I've called out. You know, I I heard from people who were uh, protecting the widow of Dr. Ramos, who is just like beside herself, right? Because she can't believe she's being, uh, you know, completely isolated and, and defamed by these jack legs who hide behind pseudonyms, right? And so my call to action was, let's figure out who this sorry anti-vaxxer is, right? And really the, the spoof is, oh, sorry, whoops, you died, right? That's what you get for being an anti-vaxxer. And, you know, all of this is within the narrative war space of what occurred 
you know, back in what, 1892, 1930s, you know, you can look at where the academics went with regard to idiot, imbecile, words, words, words that pitted people against one another, right? It, it set up an, an intellectual caste system, if you will. And that is the same psychological warfare being run on you and me and everyone else today. And so if you don't have a moral compass that tells you which direction is up on the milk carton, you're going to fall prey to this, right? And how do I know that? Because again, I'm in a space recently that is referring to any kind of election truth or integrity as election conspiracies. It's conspiracies. It's, it's very easy to just, you know, cast it out, spit it out and allege that someone's a conspiracy theorist. It, is tr- it was really interesting because people knew how weak they were who fell for that. You know, their egos alone might be able to, you know, redeem them. Uh, but it's true. There are, there are people, swaths of people who believe that if you think that 2020 was stolen, then you're a conspiracy theorist. And what's interesting about that is that regardless of Trump or any adjudication whatsoever, if you don't realize as, as a politico or consultant, whatever, how that went down with regard to uh, statistics and people and, uh, you know, ideologies and motives, all of that. If you cannot draw a very clear line in connection, in connecting points to, to all of that, then you're, you're way beyond help. (laughs) You just are, you're way beyond help. Um, and so that's why I'm pointing your uh, attention to it, right? Just very important for you to realize that when it comes to how do you ensure that you do not fall prey to neurolinguistic programming, to all these kabuki theater methods that the government uses in this day and age to get you upset, uh, ostracized, hostile, you know, envious, jealous, you know, uh, defiling in the form of unforgiveness, all of that, right? Lustful, you name it. Um, if you're not aware of how the government is utilizing the narrative space in order to bring you into submission, you're way behind the curve. (laughs) So ultimately at the end of the day, what matters is that you are seeking God. You are knocking uh, you're asking because those things will absolutely be fulfilled and it will keep you from falling prey to those who do not know the Lord entirely, right? So we left off last week with that, with uh, the Supreme Court Justice, uh, or Supreme, Supreme Court's decision, and we've moved into multiple spaces since then, or I have I believe every Saturday at 12, you have Dr. M.D. Hank, who is hosting very informative sessions around COVID, uh, prophylaxis, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, It's there for anyone with COVID, basically of any age, uh, 18 and over, uh, who's in search of answers and or resources. I was very honored to be asked to co-host that last Saturday, and I did, and I learned a lot more about what people are contending with in the medical community. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to pray for those in their medical community spaces, uh, you know, to ensure that they stay above board, that they're not entrapped, uh, you know, and that they have the courage that they need in order to bring the truth 
to those who they serve, right? So, yeah, since I haven't talked to you since last week, you know, a couple of other things have gone on in the news cycle. You know, I will say, excuse me, uh, there's never going to be a dull moment in the way of a news cycle between now and 2025. Won't happen. So you should probably go ahead and undergird yourself, your mind, your feelings, emotions, all of that, the questions you have, you know, and um, just undergird with discernment. I'm going to go into a little bit more about that in the coming days with regard to my Bible study that I promised you all, but I need you to start studying what discernment is and what it isn't. And we're going to start there because, again, if it's one thing that the intelligence community knows that does not work against uh, a people of faith in the way of NLP and other other things that are used on on people across the globe... Uh, neuro-linguistic programming, right, to basically, you know, get the response people want. It, it is coming from people of faith. People of faith, right? You have a bio shield that others don't. All right, until tomorrow. Thanks for joining me tonight. You know where to find me. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. Thank you uh, to those of you who are donating, or not donating, but contributing to my work. MonicaMatthews.com and Twitter and other places. I love you. Thank you so much. Be good to your neighbor. Again, beginning in your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one. <laughs>